0: What's going on, everybody? I'm Johnny Brook. Welcome back to episode number 36 of the Crafted Podcast. Podcasts all about making stuff by hand, woodworking, metalworking, electronics, and more. We put out new episodes every Thursday on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and pretty much everywhere podcasts are available. Uh, We also have a website, CraftedPodcast.com, where we put all of our show notes. If you guys want to go check those out, see all the stuff we talked about during the show. Uh, We also live stream every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Eastern Time, so you can check out our website to learn more there. And if you really like the show, give us a five star rating on iTunes. That is super, super helpful for us and helps us to get in front of more ears. So, uh, last, we did start a Patreon page recently, and uh, that's going awesome. So, uh, our top patron of the week this week is Make, Build, Modify. So thank you guys so much for the support there. And uh, I guess without further ado, let me introduce my co-host. First, I've got James Wright from Wood by Wright. What is going on, James? Oh, I
1: think uh, quite a bit is going on. Why, thank you.
0: <laughs> and Zach Herberholz from ZS Fabrications. What is going on, Zach? Hey. And last, we've got a guest, a good friend of mine, uh, Grant Batson, who is a uh, pipe maker, uh, previously a luthier, and just all-around amazing craftsman, and uh, I think we're going to have a good time talking to him about building a business and uh, all that kind of stuff. So, Grant, how you doing, man?
2: I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having
0: me. Awesome. Cool. Well, I guess uh, let's move into what we have been working on. And Grant, it's usually kind of customary for the guest to talk about this. So, uh, what what you've been up to lately? What you've been making?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, it, I, I am really a terrible multitasker, but <laughs> I I can't stop. It's like a, a bad habit, you know. So I, I really have more going on. Uh, than usual I always have a handful of projects but but right now probably my biggest thing is uh, my wife and kids and I are actually building a house uh, so uh, it's taken um, it's taken a lot out of us we've got uh, other woodworking projects I'm still making pipes that's my business so I'm trying to earn money by making pipes so that's on my workbench constantly but uh, we're sawmilling lumber uh, we're you know using a lot of that stuff <laughs> for the building of our home. I, we, My dad and I just recently built a solar kiln, our first batch of, of dry woods just coming out of it finally. Um, anyway, I don't know. There's there's a whole lot of, of things on my plate um, in, in addition to the things that we're going to be working on, I think, this week. Yeah, uh, dude. I'm quite excited. Kind of, I'm kind of excited about it. It's <laughs> kind of like a non-necessity. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh,
0: yeah no it's uh it's awesome so just to give a little bit of background on grant in case any of you guys listening aren't familiar i I met grant i don't know probably 10 years ago now at a trade show a cigar and pipe trade show back when he was a luthier full-time and uh just immediately hit it off and became friends and so he is a you know Kind of entrepreneur who has really built a business from the ground up, and uh, you know, used to make guitars full time. Now makes high end, high grade tobacco pipes full time, and uh, you know, has leveraged social media and his website to help with that. So I thought it'd be good to kind of chat with that. I, I know that's a dream of a lot of us is to be able to make stuff for a living and you know, be able to sustain a, a family uh, by doing that. So, uh, yeah, that that's a little bit about Grant in a nutshell there. But uh, ex- excited to have him on. And I'm going to be working with him this week here in Nashville. Uh, also with Brad from Fix This, Build That. We're all going to be hanging out here in Nashville. So that's going to that be... That sounds like a fun time. Yeah, it's going to be kind of a cool week. And, uh, you know, working on some projects and kind of trying to help grow each other's platforms and, you know... Yes. It's always so interesting. You're in, yeah. You're in uh, Nashville right now, then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's oh, okay. why we're uh, trying to figure out. <laughs> we're a couple minutes late on the uh, live stream because of that. So it's, you know, every last week I was in Charleston, and this week I'm in Nashville. So saying in Nashville is really confusing when you live in oh, believe Nashville. Believe me. Yes. I, uh, <laughs> considering we were either going to move, my, my wife and I were either going to move to Asheville or Nashville. That was one of the most confusing things ever because we would be like talking about well you know if we uh, moved into Asheville or Nashville and we'd be talking about it for like 30 minutes and realize we were talking about different cities and it was just <laughs> it, it was very annoying. So yeah, that's uh that's one of those very confusing things. But yeah, we Cindy and I just rolled into Nashville in Tennessee today. And uh, she's heading over. She's going to visit a friend, but she was kind of driving through here on a road trip. And I figured, hey, why not stop in and do some collabs with uh, with Grant and with Brad? So it should be a pretty fun week. I always it's always fun working in somebody else's shop. You know, you kind of get a, a different perspective a little bit. So that should be interesting. So it should be should be a lot of fun. But yeah, so we're gonna build with brad we're gonna do i'm doing this like wooden wall art thing that uh, is basically like strips of walnut and maple uh you know very very pinteresty uh but just kind of some really cool wall art that should be pretty interesting and then reclaimed rustic palette no no it's it's maple and walnut and there's no pallet wood whatsoever so it's uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh, that's that's not my jam but uh and then brad's gonna be i don't know if i want to give it away i guess no i won't give his away but his will be out in the next you know number of weeks and uh and then with grant we're going to be building some like modern bar stools out of i'm going to be
2: using walnut and i think grant you're using mahogany right like eight quarter mahogany that i've been hanging on to since 1996 and (laughs) nice uh, it's kind of just wood has taken over my life my wife calls me a hoarder but you know, she uh, she doesn't complain when I like roll in like a new piece of furniture. So, anyway, <laughs> I've got wood that needs to get used, so we're going to use that. So. Nice. Nice. Knock the brown recluses off of it. <laughs>
0: Sweet. Well, what have you guys been working on? James, what you got? Well, I'm uh,
1: working on my bench. Just finished up the, the, the top last week and been working on laminating up the legs. Uh, but I've uh, been a little bit slower on that this week because we've actually been buying our house. Uh, this week We finally closed on that, which was kind of a nice. – it was weird buying a house and not moving. Yeah, that's <laughs> very odd. Because, I mean, up until you know, a couple months ago, we were planning on buying a large piece of property to to build a shop on and have that kind of fun. But uh, then the deal came up with this house, so we, we had to do it. But the, the cool thing about it is now I actually own the house. So any of my spare time has been uh, doing some remodeling in the shop and other places. So all of these things that I've been wanting to do the house, now I can do them. So (laughs) I've been uh, tearing down a wall and uh, building things in my shop and having all sorts of weird fun that I can finally do. <laughs>
0: nice, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, that. By the way, that bench is looking amazing, man. That uh, that walnut live edge on the front. That is. Oh yeah. Pretty slick.
1: Just wait until uh, is it the the whole front edge of that is it's all it's all one live edge swag. At one end it's um, thirteen inches high, and the other end it's only eight inches. Uh, but the whole face will end up being carved. Um, and, Whoa. Because you know, that will be uh, where I eventually have it set up for all my videos. I'll be standing behind the bench when I'm talking. And so the the bottom rim of the video feed will be the front edge of that bench.
0: Oh yeah. So
1: Kind of hoping that becomes my the the, fo- the focal point for all my videos, and then behind me is my tool wall. Nice. So it should be a a cool drop for videos to come.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a a pretty sweet set, man. That's uh, yeah that that thing turned out awesome. I I'm a little I I kind of wish I had built mine out of hardwood. Like I, I mean I'm I'm happy with the southern yellow pine, but Yours is just exciting. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Seriously, yeah, I don't have enough sweet woodworking workbenches in my shop. uh, That's yeah, I don't think I have enough floor space. I have a ton of room, but I don't have enough floor space for three benches. That would be ridiculous. (laughs)
1: Start classes.
0: Yeah, seriously. No, that thing it turned out sweet, man. So, so you're using the Veritas twin screw vice hardware, and then yeah,
1: yeah. I'm actually going to have three vices on it. The Veritas twin screw. Uh, for that'll be my main go-to it'll be the end face vise uh, but then i'm also going to have two leg vices i've gotten used to having two leg vices which is kind of weird um, but the i'll have one that's all traditional um, two and a half inch wooden screw and it'll have the the pin bar at the bottom nice. and the other one will be um, uh, a Her- hoverton um, uh, vice which is it's it's a really interesting vice in that it's the the shaft isn't threaded you know you would expect to see a a threaded screw that you run in and out it's a smooth shaft with a keyway in it Hmm. and it goes into this gear system that sits behind the leg so if you ever rest anything on the shaft you're not resting it on threads so you're not garring up your wood if it sits down on that that shaft Um, but the cool thing about it is that um, if you turn it all the way counterclockwise it unlocks the gear and so you can slide it in and out so with a crisscross um, a half turn and, uh, counterclockwise unlocks it, and you can slide it in and out without having to do any movement. So it's even faster than the benchcrafted spinning nice. um, opening and closing. And then at any point, you can suddenly turn it clockwise. And the moment you start to turn it clockwise, it locks into the gear and starts cranking down on the work. And it's just a, a really seriously fast and cool voice. So I'm, ex- I'm, I'm really looking forward to having that – the the. Traditional wooden screw and this like modern fast vice right next to each other and kind of play with the two. So yeah, no dude, that's someone needs to build a
3: bench and just see how many different like (laughs) how many vices they can put on one bench. Just like every corner.
1: Well. When I get it all built up, I'll be able to have um, six different vices on there because I'll have the crazy. the two leg vices, the end vise, my Moxon vise, the uh, saw sharpening vise, and then my uh, my metalworking vise that can all be mounted to the bench.
0: Jeez! I just use super glue forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is hilarious, man. That's awesome. Well, Zach, what have you been working on, man?
3: So I've been uh, I've been cranking away on this big industrial desk build uh, i have a few pictures up on my instagram including a cool video um well it's so good for me to hang out with you guys like what so when we were in uh, oklahoma johnny showed me how to work my cell phone like, <laughs> like how to like th- i didn't even know i had an iMovie on my cell phone <laughs> and uh i remember the first time we hung out you guys showed me like how to use the instagram put videos on it yeah the, the stories so that was new to me yeah and i was like wow this is really cool
0: that's funny so
3: uh So I did that, and then when we got together in Oklahoma, uh, you showed me the iMovie stuff. So I've been, like, taking little videos and editing them, and I actually put one up the other day on my Instagram of making the drawers for that desk out of an 18-gauge sheet metal. Yeah. So I I actually made a a brake press out of the table frame itself and some C-clamps and pounded the drawers out on the table. Uh, but so that that's a cool project. I'm actually really excited about how this one's coming along, uh, dude. Yeah, it looks really cool now, and it sounds crazy, but I think it's going to be cool. I'm actually going to paint it with like a red enamel and then burnish it. Whoa! So nice. it's really going to look like an industrial like. You wanted an industrial desk, and it's going to. I want it to look like it came out of like an old factory from the fifties. Yeah. So. Well, and he's going to have to is, move it with a
0: forklift. It's. Uh... It is heavy.
3: <laughs> it has not moved. I can drag it like over to put my other table on top of it when i shut the garage door because i have to stack stuff to get everything in my shop but it's um i need to flip it over to weld it and i'm waiting for my dad to come over since all of my neighbors are 80 years old and they would <laughs> die <laughs> they couldn't use so, their
0: hover so. round to help uh, push it over
3: yeah, it's like my, sh- my shop, it's not wheelchair accessible, so it wouldn't work. But, <laughs> dude, you need to install a gantry.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I, d- I need a move. I just need to get <laughs> out yeah, of here. Yeah, you do. You but do. Uh,
3: So, yeah, I need to flip it over, finish a few of the welds. I'm actually waiting on the top. I ordered 40, bo- uh, 40 board foot of ash. Yeah, it's way more than I need for it, but, you know, depending on the table, six feet long, so... I have no idea if they send them, if they send it to me in like 11 foot length, <laughs> then I'm going to have to like just five finger few. joint.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so,
3: so, well, I'm actually going to like, it's not going to be a butcher block in the way that it's like staggered or any, anything. It's just going to be, but I'm going to orient it like that. So the side, I'm going to cut them and actually use the, the edge grain is going to be the top and bottom because I'm trying to mitigate expansion contraction as much as possible um but that's that's really fun i've had i've I've had the most fun building this desk uh it's the most project most fun project i've had in a while uh maybe it's just because those chairs are so tedious (laughs) so i've been working on that i have another dining table that's going to be a beast after this one um that's going to be six by six steel tubing for the legs um and uh, yeah, they're going to be cross braced. It's going to have like this weird torsion tensioner uh, stretcher across it. So that's going to be fun. Uh, I'm slowly working my way through the edit on the chair video. That, like, it's taking me forever just because I'm.
0: Building not- the chair was faster. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> Those chairs <laughs> took forever. Yeah.
3: Um,. They were very, very involved. Chairs are difficult to begin with, and and then those were just a lot of work on those. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much all I've been working on lately.
0: Nice. Sweet. Cool. Well, uh, I guess let's go ahead and move into our main topic, which, uh, I mean, really is grant. And I I just kind of want to pick your brain, Grant, about, you know, You have essentially took the plunge and became a full-time maker uh, years ago and have done it now twice, essentially, in two different uh, markets. And I just want to kind of talk about, you know, how you got started as a craftsman and, you know, what what you've done to be successful in in building these businesses. I, I think, you know, as I said before, I think a lot of us you know, even if we don't want to be a, a YouTube personality or whatever, I mean, I know, Zach, like, your your thing is not YouTube. Your thing is making stuff and making a living making stuff. So I, I think that's something that a lot of us, you know, want to do. So um, I, I guess first, Grant, how did you get into making stuff? I and mean, what, what is your history and background in that?
2: Well, so my, my dad, um, we grew up, my brother and I, uh, grew up in kind of central texas and my dad was kind of a mad scientist invent he had he just he could do anything fix anything build anything and we never saw a service man to the house i mean he he was a refriger- he wrote a wrote a small pamphlet book on refrigeration he's a master electrician uh you know he can he just understood physics and elements and processes and the way that things work, you know, in a very, uh, almost kind of a prodigious level. And so growing up, that was normal for us to just be with my dad and see that he could do everything, you know? So, uh, so, you know, in my first real woodworking project, I guess, this was in uh, high school back when high schools actually had shop and ag classes Uh, we were (laughs) supposed to build a a woodworking project and um, the ag teacher kind of laid out a handful of options for guys that you know for because it's girls and guys both and you know uh, gave us options on what we could build bird feeder you know handful of other you know pretty boring projects and I didn't want any of that crap we we were uh, musicians we had garage bands and we were so I was like yeah I want to build a, a guitar so um, I found this old crappy maple butcher block top and you know and I was this is my very first really real introduction I was 15 you know into band sawing and routing and all these tools right Yeah. Um, learned to weld in that shop, you know, got into a lot of different things. But so that was kind of uh, one of my first very own projects. Uh, but, you know, my dad uh, growing up built his bunk beds and roll top desks and all kinds of other things. With you know. So fast forward to college, I I guess my junior year, I, I called my dad. I was just I think I changed my major five times in my minor seven. And, <laughs> and I was like, Dad, I am so confused. I don't know what in the world I want to do. And uh, he said, well, you know, when I figure out what I'm going to be when I grow up, I'll let you know. I like, well, thanks for the help, Dad. Uh, And then a buddy of mine was working for a furniture company here in Nashville. And uh, one thing led to another, and I ended up getting a job there, basically flushing my degree down the toilet. Went headlong into I wanted to be a cabinet and furniture maker. Basically, through that process, without boring you with all the, the, the logistical details, um, my brother ended up moving to Nashville, and I got him a job there. And nights and weekends, um, we began. Basically, it was his idea that, this time to, to to build guitars. And so, um, really, for about 10 years, we were kind of hobby woodworkers. Um, and really, he was doing more of it than I was because I, I got married and started having children. So I was really more – way more nights and weekends than, than he was. He was uh, heavily more into it than I was at the time. Um, and so uh, about 10 years of building guitars, finally we, we kind of had a product that we felt like we could sell We, you because know, the first ones um, – It just took that long for them to be good enough, you know, and uh, so uh, that was kind of when I quit my job at the time. So, you know, through 10 years, a lot of life happened and I did a lot of different things. Um, uh, Some of it was woodworking, but um, uh, project management But at the time uh, when I took the plunge to go full time, I was working as a, a project manager for a civil engineering firm. Um, and I want to go to the into the details of how that river kind of uh, took me to that place but um, but all along you know nights and weekends making stuff yeah. and uh, and and the passion of, of guitar building was just always there and, and my brother was just mad after it and I was just right there with him and so uh, we ended up <clears throat> turning you know this crazy hobby into a real business and started taking on uh, apprentices and actually got some investors and, and had some, I don't know, had a bookkeeper and actually had a legitimate uh, operation. And um, it was all very terrifying and, and <laughs> crazy. Um, and uh, my brother's still doing it today. Uh, and it, now my brother's got, uh, he still builds very expensive custom guitars but he also has a factory line of guitars coming out of Korea that are a little bit more uh expensive and um very very unique design that we came up with um for sonic uh performance but um i guess about in the, the end of 2011 i just kind of i needed to change gears and uh you know, my brother and I love each other a lot. and We have a lot of respect for each other, but working with your brother can be tough sometimes. And, and I think at the time, um, I kind of felt like one of us needed to do something else. And uh, I decided it would be me. And, and really, by accident, um, I got into pipe making. There, there was a guy who made really. Fine high-grade pipes here in Nashville, and he had contacted me about making a display cabinet. Uh, He had seen one of our guitars on display in a tobacco shop, and so he contacted me and said, "Would you be interested in making a display case?" And uh, this was maybe a year or so before I I left guitars, and you know, so for me, it was very much kind of a back burner. Yeah, maybe if I ever get to that, sure, I'd be, I, I, I might be interested. But when I left the guitar business, I literally left it with nothing. I didn't know what I was going to do, and uh, I had a wife and four kids. And my wife is a stay-at-home mom, homeschooling, and so I, you know that was a little bit uh, ludicrous, uh, truthfully. But we both really felt like it was the right thing to do, and so I started building this display case for this guy. And uh, it turned out that you know he he really thought that i would be a good pipe maker and so they said man let me teach you how to make pipes and i didn't even really know that there was such a thing as expensive pipes you know i, I think i had like a 75 pipe because i've been smoking a pipe since i was 19 uh but, but i didn't know there was such. A, this this guy's pipes are five to ten thousand dollars a piece and so you know i didn't have a clue that that people actually made these and did this for a living so um he introduced me to pipe making and uh i spent 25 straight days uh 14 to 18 hour days in his shop in april of 2012 in preparation for the 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 annual chicagoland pipe show it's the first of may and he said man make a bunch of pipes and let's go to this show and see what happens and so i made a bunch of pipes uh with his very generous and, and and gracious help and uh took them there and, and sold all of them. I, I think, I, I don't remember how many I brought, but, um, so anyway, uh, to- totally accidental career. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and all along, it's funny, you know, for years I've been thinking, okay, what am I going to do next? I, I guess i I've, I've, even from the time I called my dad in college saying, Hey dad, you know, help me out here. Cause I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I guess I've never actually found that thing. I, I, I love exploring. I love experimenting. I love new things. Uh, I love making stuff, but I, I get bored easily. So I want to do different things. And so, uh, it was, it was funny actually, um, well, this past fall I was about, I'd been saving money. I was about to upgrade my engine lathe, and, uh, I had about 6,000 bucks saved up and, I had this harebrained idea and I called my dad and I said, hey dad, you want to buy a sawmill? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. So, we ended up buying this like $14,000 sawmill um, and we have a, a, about 50 acres out in the middle of the country and so we've just been having a blast cutting down trees and, and you know, making our own lumber and drying it now and so, um, I'm not sure what what I want to do uh, next. Uh, I will probably always make pipes. I really love making pipes and I have a lot of really good um, collectors and clients and friends who've become friends uh, who I, I really love working with um, but I also uh, you know I've made chairs, I've made leather goods um, I've done a lot of different things and I'm, I'm really it's funny I feel like a hack at all this stuff you know I'm really even at pipe making, I make a living making pipes, but I look around, I know guys make way like in my mind, like these guys are awesome. Um, and everything I've done, I feel like I'm a hack of all trades. You know, I, I kinda, I know enough to like make it happen, but I I just, all I see is all of the things that need to be better. Um, but, um, for some reason I keep wanting to try new things that I'll probably be bad at, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, that's awesome. That was that was a long ramble.
0: <laughs> no, I mean I think that gives a great Story? kind of background to how you got going and all this stuff and I mean the other interesting thing to me is that you've changed so many times since you've started. It's not been at all the same thing and I mean I think that's I, I know I personally would have a very hard time making the same thing over and over for the rest of my life. So uh, being able to pivot and, and, you know, kind of change what you're doing. That's, uh, that's pretty awesome. But uh, so I, I guess what I want to know is, you know, when you've changed and when you've kind of started over again, I mean, what has been your kind of secret to building an audience and a, a client base? I mean, cause I know, you know, it seemed like overnight you went from this guitar maker to this pipe maker and, you know had this following and you know we're able to basically build a business and you know it, it just seemed so natural and and easy but mm-hmm. I, I, I know it wasn't but you know what, <laughs> right. what, what was well, kind the, of what what, what, what magic, did you do
2: the magic is making it look easy that's that's the um that's the real trick there and and, and instagram and all this stuff makes it so nice cuz what they, what you don't see on Instagram is the pain and the yelling uh, <laughs> that your wife and you engage in, and the terrified, like the crying yourself to sleep at night on your pillow because you don't know <laughs> if the mortgages get paid, and like it's uh, there is a lot of fear and trepidation. Um, and you know, man, I I can I can remember vividly the numbers of times where I was just hoping to God that that some things were going to shake loose because, you know, we were already behind our mortgage or, or whatever. So, I mean, I think one of the secrets is just perseverance. Um, uh, you know, if you, you know, for me, I, I think the number one thing was having a wife that believed in me. Um, you know, because everything's so much easier, Yeah, man, I mean, it it does. I I don't
0: think any of us would be doing this without a supportive significant other. I mean, I think that's kind of a common thread throughout.
1: When two people can share the weight, it becomes so much lighter. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and she has. I mean, you know, uh, there was a time back early in our our marriage, you know, I was uh, actually, I won't even go through all the different things over that 10 year period of of trying to make guitars a real thing um, before they, you know, we actually made the company work. Uh, I did a lot of things, and I started a lot of different businesses. Um, one of the things I got into was real estate development, and I was flipping houses and I had rental properties that I was fixing up and all that. And um, you know, I was young and really stupid, but I thought I was super smart, and because uh, I was studious and I was, uh, you know, I, I was hardworking. I, I, my work ethic was is, was off the chart, and but I made a lot of stupid decisions and one of the biggest ones was not listening to my wife because she had a gut check that like you could take it to the bank. And I just always thought I was smarter than her. Uh, cause she was a stay at home mom and she didn't really understand, you know, uh, the way that, you know, mortgage, you know, brokers worked and, and the way that, you know, tax liens and all the other, you know, she didn't understand the ins and outs of, you know, of systems and, and, uh, So we went through – in 2008, we we lost all of our properties. Uh, We had, I think, uh, eight different properties. It all went through foreclosure, and I ended up going through bankruptcy, and we lost everything. We had – her car got repossessed right in front of our house. You know, I mean it was just like this humiliating failure, and uh, it it was mainly because I didn't listen to her because there was this one big deal that I just knew this was going to be the biggest – you know, I had learned so much. I'd made money and lost money, and this was, was one big deal. was was It was a lock, and it was in two thousand eight. You know, everything looked great on paper, but the one thing that nobody knew was that you know the guys running Goldman Sachs and Lehman Brothers and whatever else they were screwing us. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, so you couldn't control that. But she had a gut check. Like, hey, don't do this deal. I just don't feel good about it. And I was like, babe. You don't know what you're talking about. We're <laughs> gonna make two hundred thousand dollars we'll on this deal in six months, like and of course we lost everything. So it was a very hard thing for us and our marriage we love each other enough that we survived it, but it was not easy. And so but you know, I've I've learned I kind of take that with me. There's like this painful reminder that my wife is in tune with something that I'm not and she's she's to be You know, respected and listened to and honored, and and so because of that, I think more than any of the other advice that that I I probably could give anybody is is listen. You know, if you've got a loving person in your life that that supports you and thinks you're pretty awesome, man, listen to that person. Yeah. Don't think don't think you're as awesome as they think you are. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: Uh, even if they're not involved, that's what's kind of amazing is that I think having that person that's kind of outside of what you're doing you know they they can just hear it almost on the surface or much more objectively than you can and it is uh i i think of my wife as my hr department because she is so much better at responding to emails that like i might be getting angry or frustrated or whatever and like anytime i'm about to fire off some email where i'm just like you know Annoyed at a person, I, I have her yeah. take a look at it first, and man, it's it's amazing. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, my wife and I both do that.
3: Um, I actually have my wife's phone number on my business card. Because <laughs> I
2: don't
0: uh, yeah. And now she's doing all your angle grinding, right? That's uh,
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. Saw that, huh? yeah. that was that was that pretty was, good, man.
3: That was a hit, man. Yeah, everybody but, thinks I'm. Everybody thinks I'm a hack now.
2: whole <laughs> Yeah,
0: that no, was pretty good man that's funny
2: well actually i mean that really does segue into one of the other things that i would i would say is something that i value highly uh that i feel like has caused me to be able to continue uh serving customers in a custom bespoke kind of capacity and that is just really treating people well um yeah. And the funny thing is i I have to call ATT every month, <laughs> and we have to have like two hours of yelling and screaming matches. and my kids know, you know when I'm on the phone with ATT, I mean it's it's like a thing here, but they they but I, but one day I thanked the lady that was I was on the phone with and I said, you know what I should really instead of being so upset with you, I should really thank you because you, at t have almost single-handedly lowered the bar of, of customer service so low that I can almost do nothing for my customers <laughs> and think that I'm just like going lowered the bar so low. So, um, but I, doing things for people when they don't expect it, like even if they're they're ridiculous, like they're and they're I could tell I could go into some crazy stories about. Customer service opportunities—I guess I should call them—where people have had ridiculous requests, uh, gotten livid for no reason, things that even were their fault. And even though I have a policy on my website, I almost—I kind of—it's there to protect me so that I can like engage it if I want to. But the truth is, I never, I never actually do what my policy says. I always make things right.
3: Well, I think, I think especially, I mean, there's obviously a big movement. I mean, this is a movement that we're a part of. It's not yep. just yep. something that's been around. I mean, it has been around forever, but it's bigger than that. It's something that is gaining steam and gaining momentum and more people. I mean, I'm not sure what the demographic of our listeners are, but it seems like more people in their, you know, thirties or late twenties or hell even mid early twenties are getting into this and trying to make it work um i think we're we're all tired of we're all tired of being part of the system where you go to a faceless company and you work for a face you know 12 faceless bosses and you have no say and the customer service is terrible and they treat their employees terrible which you know you are one of at some company And it's just it's not uh, I just feel like for a lot of people, at least my experience, it's not how I want to live my life. I don't want to be a part of a machine where I have no control and I don't enjoy it. And, uh, you know, and I think that that a lot of that stuff is lost on, you know, I'd say our generation and younger generations is they don't know. They don't know what it's like to have nice like quality service or to have these, these things that we're trying to provide. I mean, I feel like our grandparents, you know, maybe way back in the day, things were different. I mean, things were, uh, you know, granted the technology wasn't there, but the quality of products in the heart that went into making them before, you know, the industrial right. revolution and before, uh, you know, everything's just stamped out and made to be as cheap and profitable as possible. I feel like absolutely it, the time is coming now to where people are saying, you know what? Yeah, this pair of boots is $300, but it's going to last me 40 years. Yep. And if the sole wears out, I can just have them sew a new one on for 60 bucks. (laughs) Yep. And they're comfortable and my back doesn't hurt and they look good. And if you You call them,
0: there's a human being who picks up the phone and it's not an automated voice system that you have to go through 50 prompts. Our menu options have changed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, it's, I mean, I think that's what we all capitalize on is. Yeah. I mean at the end of the day, custom furniture is basically just furniture with customer service added. I mean if you you know what I mean it's like we we're very responsive people who you know cater to every little need that our customers have and and I think that is probably the biggest part of the experience and, that they like
3: and also I mean it's it's a local thing
0: I, yep. I think for a lot of
3: places, I mean where I'm at, not so much because people don't care about that, but in
0: <laughs> most civilized
3: parts of the country. Um, people really like want us, they're, they, they understand, they're starting to understand that, you know what, let's spend our money locally. Like it's better for the economy. Like everybody, everybody does better if we help each other instead of, you know, uh, buying products that, you know, your money, your money doesn't stay here. Yep. Yeah. I mean, people talk about that a lot, but I feel like it's actually finally in some pockets, you know, when we lived in Portland, that was huge. That was one of the best things about living there is that, all the, you know, there's, they had zoning restrictions to where I remember they tried to bring up a, a Walmart in and they were like, you're, trust me, you guys don't want to come in here. And they actually sh- they didn't, they didn't end up moving in because they had a zoning restriction. They're like, we don't want you here. Like, don't come, don't come here. Yeah. There's some, there's some around there, but I mean, they, they, they're relegated to their little corners of the city. And, you know, it's that sort of attitude, which, I think is going to make the difference and, and, you know, making things with your hands and you know, it's, it's just, it's such a great thing that's happening.
0: Yeah. I mean, even on the content creation side, I mean, I think making a point to respond to your comments and, you know, making a point to be interactive with your audience. I think that's a big thing that some people miss. And it's like that, That's how you build a following. You know, when you respond to every single comment you get and people know that there's an actual like person on the other side of that, you know, even though you're putting out a video as yourself, I I don't know, there is some kind of disconnect until like to me that that comment response kind of comes through, whether that's Instagram or YouTube or whatever it may be. And so, you know, it it all comes back to customer service and, and treating every person like they you know, deserve to be treated. And, uh, it's, you build your, your client base one person at a time. And it's amazing the difference that, you know, just responding effectively can, can have, I mean, I know (laughs) to me, like some of the biggest customer service issues I've had have just been people who haven't been responsive to emails or phone calls or whatever. And, you know, that's one of the most incredibly frustrating things. It's like, Thinking you're emailing or yeah. calling a brick wall, basically, you know. So, uh, it it doesn't have to be that hard, you know. You just yeah. pay attention. It's,
1: uh, it's, I think one of the the other things that I that I've kind of noticed with my audience is that uh, some of the people who come to my channel aren't aren't coming for learning how to make something. They're learning how to slow down. Yeah. Uh, you know, on top of the the the, the whole local atmosphere and, and treating people right, but just personally learning. How you can, you know, cut loose from this, this network of everything's instantly, everything is, you know, online. And, you know, how can you actually teach yourself to slow down? Because that is, that's hard. I mean, it sounds like something easy. How do you relax and slow down? But I think that's, that's a key part of everything that we're each doing is, you know,
0: learning how to relax. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we I mean, it's, it's escapism, you know. I mean, whatever... Yeah. you know whether it's looking at our pretty pictures on Instagram or watching our YouTube videos, it's it's a nice little escape from their day. And and I would be willing to bet that a a serious number of people who follow any of us, they they have no interest in making anything. They just like it because it's yeah. interesting to watch. You know, so it's uh, it's it's pretty awesome. It, it's a pretty cool. Pretty cool thing that we can be entertaining enough that where even people who don't <laughs> don't care at all about making stuff uh, are interested enough to watch what we're doing so it's uh it's pretty awesome so cool well so one other question i had for you grant just to kind of wrap up us talking about what, what you've done is i guess what your goals are for the future because i know you know the whole tobacco pipe thing has been kind of weird lately and I know you obviously are a super skilled dude. So what, what do you see yourself doing over the next, you know, five years?
2: You know, um, honestly, and this kind of comes back full circle to my wife who supported me so much. Um, she's going to get her master's degree, um, this fall or she, or she's starting back. So it's a two year uh, program and, uh, she, But she's an incredibly talented and smart woman, and so she's going to be getting into counseling. She's a yoga, ther- uh, yoga instructor, but she's also uh, heavily involved with equine uh, horses, and so she's interested in getting into equine therapy. But she's an unbelievable... Um, designer decorator and uh has a real gift for like kind of picking you know like the american pickers kind of thing mm-hmm. when she finds tr- unbelievable treasures our garage is full of things that are like super freaking cool that she'll get for nothing and t- and, and she's just, just just a hobby where she turns them around on craigslist or whatever <laughs> and we've thought a lot about having like, a little mercantile kind of a, a store where you know we've got handmade goods and um but she can kind of have an outlet because you know she's going to be doing this therapy stuff we're moving out to ours so we're building a house out on this 50 acre farm that we've got now and as soon as that's built you know we're going to be on well water we're working on getting solar going um we've got we're going to basically be living out there uh very inexpensively because we're going to be raising we've got a greenhouse we've got bees we've got you know chickens courses and you know so we're going to be really trying to cut expenses down and so you know i'm not sure uh i really want to be able to support whatever her passion and vision is for this next step because our kids are, are we've now got an, our oldest is now 18 um all of our kids are uh well my my is 12 but almost all four of my kids are teenagers now so um, we're kind of in a different phase of life. And so I really am looking forward to supporting her, uh, to do what she feels like she wants to do. Cause she's basically given this last 18 years to our kids. And, uh, so it's time for her to kind of come out of her shell and, um, show off her, her skill. And, uh, so I don't know, I'm going to continue making pipes. I'm going to continue making furniture and, and, you know, other things for people, um, but uh, I really hope to also do a lot more fishing, um, to be real frank. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I, it, honestly, I think I'm as eager, Johnny, as you are maybe, yeah. and maybe more so, uh, to see what I'm going to do next. Because I really – it's funny. I guess in, the, in my gut, but pipes completely came out of the blue. I had zero – knowledge that that thing even existed and all of a sudden within a matter of months I was a pipe maker and I didn't even know it was a thing so I guess I almost feel like that like okay what else is out there you know because I have a lot of desire to make a canoe I've wanted to make a canoe since 1996 uh, or 1995 Um, I've wanted to get into gunsmithing I have wanted to get into knife making for years and years and years but you know those things are it's almost like no matter what little pool you get into when you just dip your toe in you realize how many like other people are doing it and how well they're doing it and so there's a little bit of an intimidation factor i guess especially with the internet oh yeah um, but uh i don't know
0: yeah that's why my shop see, is completely I, set up for knife making i still haven't made a knife it's uh Whatever you right. do, there's somebody yeah. who's way better at it than you are. So it's uh, intimidating.
2: Right. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I, I'm just going to keep keep, keep kind of doing what I'm doing, but also um, inter- just basically entertaining uh, opportunities that come along. So um, I mean, you never know what that's going to be. Nice. So uh, Cool. We'll see. Awesome. Yeah. Well,
0: uh, I guess let's move into – what we've been watching or listening to or reading. So, Grant, I know you probably didn't even know this segment was coming, so uh, you can think about (laughs) that while we do our thing. I see, James, you've got something uh, written down there.
1: Yeah. No, I was uh, probably for the last three years, I've been watching a channel called Maker 101, Um, and he's been going longer than that. I think he started the channel when he was, like, 12. Um, He's now... 1617 I'm guessing Um, but he does all these crazy things like he he made his own steam engine he made his own combustion engine from scrap and pieces and rolling steel and uh, just literally junkyard treasures well he's currently in the process of making a a combustion engine out of an old uh, air compressor Um, and I'm I'm loving it and he's, he's a his whole ethos is, you know, nothing needs to be perfect; it just needs to work. And you know, if it doesn't even have to work perfectly. It's just, it's something you can tinker with and make it better. Nice. And uh, it is a fantastic channel just to go and and see someone explore a new avenue that they haven't quite figured out yet, and you get to learn along with them. It's
0: it's it's a phenomenal channel. You got to definitely got to check it out. Nice, Zach. How about you? I, I see what you have written down, and I have watched it, and it is hilarious. So yes.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, actually, I think the the correct title is Nick Offerman answers woodworking questions from Twitter. Yes, I think that's what it's actually yes. video is titled, and it's it's exactly it's exactly what you would expect, and it's hilarious.
0: It's so good. Have you seen? That's awesome, Ken Jeong. Uh, you know, Doctor Ken guy. that He's you know the hilarious Chinese dude on Community and The Hangover. He he's an actual doctor in real life, and so he act. He does another segment where he answers like medical questions from Twitter. It's like similar to what Nick did. It's hilarious. You should go check it out if you haven't. No, it's, I have not seen that. It is <laughs> outstanding. That dude is so funny. But yeah, Nick is Yeah, yeah. It, and he answers them like in exactly the way I would want them to be answered. It's like, "How do you stain wow. red oak?" "You don't stain red oak." It's like <laughs> It's,
2: exactly yeah
0: yeah it's it's good that's funny so mine is this uh so it's the genius youtube channel which i guess was they used to be called rap genius and it's basically this website that like kind of puts insights in the lyrics of all these you know rap hip-hop songs and, and things like that but now they've kind of rebranded so that it's all genre so they're just calling themselves genius but anyway they had this video on the making of the track uh, red bone by childish gambino i don't know if you guys have heard this it's like uh came out this past year but like super throwback kind of uh funkadelic kind of parliament sounding funk track uh but you know came out this year so a really amazing song but then this guy who was the producer on the track just basically (laughs) went through and played every part from the track that kind of he came up with. And it it was just amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm totally super into that album, but then seeing how they kind of created uh, the soundscapes from these tracks was really, really interesting. So I'll, I'll have
2: link in the show notes to that.
0: Grant, you've been watching or listening to anything lately?
2: When I've been working, I've been I've, – there's a band that I've really started to uh, – I found on Spotify called Y e La Bamba, and uh, half, I speak Spanish, so I kind of – I've lost a lot of it. So it, for me, it's kind it's almost kind of half reminder, but uh, half of the lyrics are in Spanish, and then half of them are in English, but they're just a really cool band, so check out Y e La Bamba. Nice. Um, and I also just finished listening to Tom Sawyer on audio – uh, about a month ago, I guess, and that was pretty awesome. And but I'm really bummed because my brother-in-law, after I finished it, told me that he just listened to it where Nick Offerman read it, and that would have thought, "Whoa,
0: <laughs> you read I, Tom Sawyer? Uh, that sounds amazing." I didn't to that, so, huh?
2: Yeah, you know, I'll it's awesome. Up. If you haven't, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't read Tom Sawyer, um, and I work a lot, I'm constantly working, so I listen to it. I put it in my on my phone and, and listen to it through Audible. Yeah, but uh, it was awesome.
0: Nice, cool. Well, I guess let's close out the show with uh, our favorite tool of the week, Zach. I see you got something.
3: Yeah, and I've uh, I've actually used it before, but I just man, I really feel like I bonded with it lately. It's <laughs> my uh, the plasma cutter. Uh, the, I have I have the Lincoln Electric 375 with the built-in air compressor. I just um, you know at first it, it took a while to get the hang of especially to cut thicker stuff and it's it's just all about the speed yeah like you just have to have the amperage right i mean it's just like it's a welding cur- or it's a learning curve just like anything else like welding um you know it's just figuring out get your get the settings right and figure out your movement speed and you know figure out how to brace brace your uh, cutter head and there's just a few intricacies, and I feel like I really have it nailed. I, I cut a lot of um, quarter-inch plate this uh, this week for that industrial desk I'm building, and it was just I figured out how to cut it way way better. So it's uh, very little grinding afterwards. It's just making my life so much better. I just had to
0: mention it. Yeah, yeah. I need to I need to talk with you about the settings you're using because I've that's all I've really ever cut with it is quarter inch. And I have so much trouble with it almost like re sealing back together with like basically the dross will form underneath and, and almost kind yeah. of flow back together. So and it's, it's so a frustrating. It's
3: the, a lot of it's like kind of the, the feedback that you get, like, so for quarter inch, I think, see, I think that thing's rated up for like three eighths or yeah. something like that. I can't remember. It, I think it'll like, it's weird the way the settings work. I think it's like rated for a number, but it'll sever a higher number, which I think is code for like, it'll be a nasty, ugly cut, but it'll <laughs> get the job done. Yeah. I think that's what that really means. But I don't, I don't ever, I mean, I build furniture. I don't ever do anything. No. Bigger than, uh, you know, a quarter inches. The only time I've gone bigger than a quarter inch was, uh, that anvil I used a half inch plate for, and I just cut the corners off with, a. Uh, angle grinder and it wasn't that big of a deal because it was small but you know um most of the stuff i work with is one eighths sometimes three sixteenths and very rarely quarter inch but it'll it'll do all of that for the settings for the quarter inch i just crank i crank it all the way up and you have to make sure that you know if you want to i've done some freehand cuts, but if you use I use like a square, a T-square or something because I'm yeah. usually cutting right angles. And, um, yeah, just, you know, when you start, uh, I can't remember. I guess I angle it a bit away from me when I start and a bit towards me when I end if I'm cutting towards myself. Um, but just going slow enough to where the the – torch or the flame is actually going through the metal if you if you move too fast it'll kind of reflect up yeah you tail see on like, you. the flame shoot up that means you're moving too fast yeah so um it's just kind of a balance thing you know if if you hang it if you hold it if you go too slow they hold it in a spot for too long it'll kind of burn out the area around it a little bit yeah but sheet metal's cake i mean it, like I cut 18 gauge sheet metal on it all day and it's like a factory cut edge. Those drawers that I did for the industrial desk, that's 18 gauge. And it's just, I mean, it's like butter. It's incredible. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's, it's probably one of, in the past, I'll, I'll just say six months to, you know, it's definitely been the game changing tool that I've acquired for me. Yeah. As we were talking before the show, I still need like a horizontal, uh, the that's like the one tool that I should have had like two years ago, but yeah, that would have been, good. yeah. But the plasma cutter is fantastic. Nice.
1: James, how about you? I just got a, uh, three access, uh, steady gimbal, a handheld gimbal for my, uh, I can either put my phone in it or put my GoPro in it cause I want to do a lot more like behind the scenes, quick shot videos. And I am just blown away by this thing. I've been playing with it all day and looking forward to putting up a, a couple of videos of it. It's just kind of for anyone who wants to make videos quickly. Uh, it is fantastic. I mean, you can just, you just put your camera on there and run around the piece and you get these beautifully smooth shots. Um, uh, it's, <laughs>
0: I am, I'm blown away by it. So. Yeah. Those <laughs> things are amazing. I was just, so I've, I've been watching, I, I've gotten way back into mountain biking lately and, Uh, met some dudes locally who are really big on youtube for mountain biking and that's like the new thing is to have you know a chest mounted gimbal with a gopro on it and it is amazing like the the footage they get you know they're going over just this ridiculously bumpy trail and it is butter smooth it like i i don't even need one of those for like my current workflow but i just want one because the the shots they get are amazing that's what I. Uh, the, the other, the
1: second reason I bought it is because I want to do some videoing of my mountain running. Oh, nice! And, uh, so, so I can carry it with me in the yeah. pack and, and pull it out in handheld video while I'm running.
0: That's awesome! And
1: uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Sweet. Well, my video this or my not my video, my tool this week uh, is this uh, aeroelectric stapler. So I, I built this DIY projector screen for the Make Magazine YouTube channel, which. Hopefully, it should be up in the next uh, couple days. But uh, anyway, it was a bunch of staples that I had to put in to basically attach the screen material to the frame that I built. And I've always used, you know, the traditional staplers where you have to, you know, push fairly hard on it. Yeah. And uh, Aero is a sponsor for some of my upcoming videos. And so, they, they sent me this electric stapler they have, which is just, you know, cordless, rechargeable. And it is so nice to just be able to put it on there, pull the trigger and not have to actually, uh, you know, basically exert any sort of force. And man, <laughs> it is like, it's a game changer. Cause I'm going to be building like a plywood sofa in the next month and, you know, creating my own kind of cushions and using a stapler pretty heavily for that. And man, it is, it's going to be a game changer. So for like, you know, 40 bucks or whatever it is over, you know, a, a $15 manual stapler. It's uh it's it's a, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Grant, how about you? You got anything uh, you've been loving working with lately?
2: You know, it's funny, man. I mean, I, I don't, I, have, I haven't really acquired a whole lot of new tools lately. I, the sawmill that I got a few months back, uh, it's probably the biggest, coolest tool. <laughs> yeah. I think the, that counts. Um, I'm just having, I'm having a blast with it. I mean, it's just, I mean, I felt like my dad and I, we felt like kids on Christmas, you know, like throwing (laughs) like cherry logs and and cedar logs that we just cut down up there. And, um, but I think in the past week, I guess, um, my dad in the winter time presented to me, we were actually putting plumbing pipes in for my, my slab for the house and, we were out there, and he was digging through his toolbox, and he found my grandfather's old uh, hand awl that he used when he worked for uh, – in Fort Worth back in World War II. My grandfather worked for an, air, uh, an aircraft building company. He was, he was in charge of like building wings for like B-52s or something like that at an awl from my grandfather, and he gave it to me. And he told me the story, and I had remembered parts of the story. But anyway, I use an awl for pipe making. I use an awl every day. and uh, But I had put it away in my car hearts, and I couldn't find it. And I panicked um, that maybe I had misplaced this thing, and I just found it last week. <laughs> and so I've been using this awl that was my grandfather's. Um, the week and it's just because i've got these really cool like japanese alls that I've, I've loved for a long time but there's something about this and it's probably this cheap piece of crap that you know they gave to the workers and it, you know it wasn't worth anything but to me um it's worth a lot so i've kind of been yeah. enjoying working with that thing but
1: i love working with tools that have a history yeah
0: yeah you're it speaking sure you're so speaking james's fun. language now that's uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah grandpa's tools that's uh that's yeah. his thing
2: yeah
1: it's also the best uh, craigslist search term you could ever search for (laughs) yeah grandpa's that's awesome (laughs) right I bet if you're Hmm. looking for old tools uh, it's it's fantastic everyone's selling off grandpa's old stuff
0: (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome cool well I guess uh That'll do it. Let's wrap it up. Thank you to everybody who is listening. Again, we have a Patreon page. If you want to support us a little bit further over there, it's patreon.com slash crafted podcast. That really helps to kind of support the show costs and just kind of help keep this show going. Um, thanks so much, Grant, for being on. This was a really interesting chat, I think. Um, apologize to anybody for any of the maybe audio issues we had. I know uh, you know being on the road trying to stream these podcasts can be challenging but uh, you know that's that's kind of how it is so uh, I appreciate everybody listening and I guess until next week happy building. See ya take care guys.